Okay. Um, well, I was going to start out and ask if you guys want to hear good news or bad news, but I mean, it was awesome. I'm just going to start with the good news. Um, and it's, it's, it's so simple. It's so sophisticated, but it's so simple. It's, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, it's the gospel, and the gospel literally means good news. Um, and to like, just give a... In the, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. He created the world. And then God created man and created man in his, in his image and in his likeness. And um, there was perfect harmony. And man was in relationship with God. And then sin came into the world. Um, there was the fall of man. And there was a division between God and man. And we were separated from God. And um, then years later, Jesus came. He lived a perfect, normal human life, being fully God and fully man. And he died on a cross. He was crucified. He was offered for our sins so that the whole world may be saved. Um, just getting back to my notes quickly. And so we are saved through what Jesus did on the cross. We are saved by the gospel. This is this gospel, this good news of Jesus that saves us. And there's a few aspects of this gospel that I really want to share, a few things that I believe are essential. And the first thing is that the gospel was a plan. And um, there's some alliteration in here, so just listen for that. The gospel was a plan. Um, f before the beginning of time, God set a plan in motion to reconcile us to him. Because of the fall of man, we drifted away, and God planned something, and he was going to bring us back. Um, you can put up the first scripture, Carmen. Yes, that's it. Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. So it was a plan. It, was a, it, was, it didn't just happen. God didn't improvise. It was his plan. It was a perfect plan. Secondly, the gospel was proven. So Jesus actually lived. Jesus lived on earth uh, to about somewhere between 30 and 36, and he died. He was crucified. And there's actually very few theologians that, that argue that Jesus didn't live. It's known for Jesus actually lived. Uh, I know my, my wife, I'm sorry, but um, she, got she got saved and then she heard about Jesus in school and everything. And then years later, someone, she, she was like, she was 18, yeah. And then the first time she was like, so what, Jesus was real. She, she thought it was just like a story made up the whole Bible thing. Uh, so Jesus did live. It was proven. So it was planned, it was proven, and it was perfect. It was the fulfillment of God's plan. So he made a plan and then Jesus came and it was perfected. Um, so Jesus lived a sinless life, he died a sinner's death, he defeated death and hell, and he was resurrected on the third day. So there was perfect obedience um, achieved, and perfect sacrifice was made. Okay, so we got, it's planned, it's proven, perfect, and then before it's paid for. So the gospel is free. It's, it's, there's no cost. There's nothing you could have done or ever could do to deserve it, to earn it, to get more of it, this... The gospel is free. Um, the next scripture, Carmen, Romans 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if anyone ever tried to get you to pay for the gospel or to pray for the, like you, it's free. The gospel is free, okay. All right. Okay. So it was planned. It was proven. It was perfect. It was paid for. And then the gospel has a purpose. Let me just move this. Sorry. So the gospel has a purpose. So God did something for us in history. He set a plan in motion, and he did something. Jesus died. It actually happened. 
so that what he did in history, so that now, through faith, we are forgiven. You are set free from sin and death. You are washed clean. And you have the promise of eternal life. Okay, so, so yeah, there was a purpose to the gospel. But the thing is, a lot of times this is where it stops. So it comes to you get saved. Um, now you go to heaven. Okay, you've got no more sin. That's awesome. We are free from the causes of sin, which is death. But that's not the full of it. There's more. There's more to this gospel. Um, and if you go to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, okay, the question was asked, what is the chief end of man? Why was man made? And they came to the conclusion that said, man was created to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's your purpose. That to be the glory of God, to glorify God through your life in Jesus Christ. And um, it's so beautiful. Uh, Koma, can you put up the next one, the next verse, please? In the beginning, I mean, this is all the way back in Genesis. Genesis 1 verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You are not just made to look like God. You were made to live like you. So, so the Trinity works like this. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the, the Holy Spirit. And they live in perfect harmony. There's a perfect relationship that they have. And we were made in God's likeness. We were made to have that with Him. Adam and Eve had that with God. They walked with God. The word says in Genesis, God worked, walked with them in the cool of the day. He was walking with them. He had fellowship with them. I mean, just imagine walking in the garden and God's walking next to you. And they were naked. Yeah. They're cool of the day. So there was nothing. And, and the na- they, they were naked. There was no shit. There was nothing between them and God. There was no, nothing to be ashamed of. They were in His presence the whole time. And then the fall of man happened, and sin came into the world and destroyed that. And we got separated from God. And the word actually goes so far as to say we became enemies of God. Um, I think that scripture is up here. Yeah, uh, the next one. Sorry, comment. For while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. So Jesus died not for, not for friends, not for just sons. And, we were enemies. We became enemies of God when sin came into the world. And even years later, after Adam and Eve, and they had kids, and they had kids, and there was a lot of more kids. Um, And then eventually, all the way, when Israel built a temple for God, God said he wanted them to build a temple um, because he wanted to dwell amongst them. He wanted to be with his people. And um, they built a temple, and there was this place called the Holy of Holies. So there was like the outer court, inner court, the holy place, and then the Holy of Holies. And that's where God's presence was. And it was awesome, it was now amongst the people, but there was still a problem. Only the high priest could actually go into the presence of God. So there was this veil that covered it. And Israel couldn't go in, you couldn't be in God's presence in that sense. Only one guy could. And so there was still, something was missing. Um, The relationship wasn't the way God intended it to be. So then, then God's plan happened, and Jesus came. And he was sacrificed on a cross by his own people. So in the beginning, when after, after Adam and Eve sinned, God had to sacrifice a lamb, a sinless lamb, to cover their nakedness caused by their sin. And then many years later, Jesus was that lamb. So Jesus came to earth. He lived 
a normal life. He was, he was, he was, he lived as, as one of us, but he lived without sin. He lived a perfect life and he was crucified for the sins of, the, of enemies, enemies of God. And while Jesus was on the cross, he was breathing his last. He said, it is done. The work has been done. The plan has been fulfilled. And um, as he breathed his last, the veil of the temple tore. And now, that was, this was a big thing. It's not just like a normal curtain. The veil, actually, the earth shook and the veil tore down the middle. And this was to show that there was no more barrier between us and God. We could actually, it's not the high priest anymore. We could actually come into the presence of God. We, we can come back into the presence of God, into the relationship that he ordained, that he wanted us to be from the beginning, before sin came into the world. And um, you can put up the next scripture, Coleman, Colossians, yes, 1, verse 19 to 20. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And now, so Jesus came to reconcile. So what does that mean? To reconcile is when former enemies come to a truce. So we were enemies of God. We've come to a truce with God now. But the Oxford says to reconcile is to restore friendly relations. And that's where we were. That's where Adam and Eve were. We were with God. We, were not, we became separate. And then Jesus comes and he dies. And he gets raised on the third day so that we can come back to God. So we are back into that friendship. Just imagine like you've got, I had a lot of, it happens in life. You've got a best friend, awesome relationship. Something happens, you disagree. Someone's usually right and someone's usually wrong. Or you're both wrong. And then you drift apart. It's just that relationship is gone. And then someone comes, it's usually like an intermediate. So my brother usually does it. And then he comes and he brings your friendship back together. It's like, no guys, you were, this was awesome. Come back to this. And this is what Jesus did. He was the intermediate. He was the high priest that died for our sins so that we can come back into God. And it's not a new thing. It is, it is some, it's the way it was, the way it was meant to be. And he's calling us back into that. So, God, the gospel was a plan. Okay? It was proven in Jesus. He actually lived. It was a perfect sacrifice for sins paid. To bring us back into relationship with the Father. That was the purpose. That's the purpose of the gospel. It's to bring you back into relationship with God. That's what he wants. That's where his heart is. And the only way, the only way you can do this is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the gospel. Through confessing that Jesus is your God. Uh, John 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. And I don't have the scripture on here, but it says that for this is eternal life, to know God, to know you, the one and only true God. And that's what God is, God is calling us back to. And now for everyone, he's called you back into the relationship. That's what he wants. That's where his heart is. Nothing else. Not just that you're saved. It's awesome. Like it's awesome. You get saved and your sins are taken away. And, but that's not the full of it. He wants you back in a relationship with him. But then... Uh, the next one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, that's anyone. That's not just priests and pastors. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So he brought us back to Jesus, to God. 
and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting, counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. That, that first part, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. So you've got, actually, everyone, of, everyone here that's in Christ, if you've got, if you confess Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've got a ministry of reconciliation. You're, you are to go into the world and bring people back to God, and that's through sharing the gospel. If you guys want tips, just ask how he's good at it. Um, so you've got a ministry, you've got a mission. It's just not, like Steve said, we're, just not, we're not here just to enjoy. We're not just here to, to have fun and everything. There's more, there's depth to it. There's a relationship with the living Father, and He's calling each of you to minister to, to, to the world, to preach the gospel, and um, to live the gospel. And <clears throat> so if you, when you're brought back to God, you're brought back into a relationship with Him. And... Um, not all of us might have the perf- like a good picture of a good relationship, what it looks like and everything. But this is, this is what it looks like. Um, we've got this saying in Justin. It's more important what you're saved into than what you're saved out of. So it's not about what you've done. It's not about where you were. You were saved. You made a new creation. But now you're saved into something. You're saved into God. You're saved into a body. And there's this relationship that he wants. And there's two questions that you want to ask yourself. And this is the two purposes of the reconciliation, of God bringing us back from the world, from being enemies of God, into Him, into relationship with Him. The first one is to know God. Do you know God? Not just do you know of God. Like, yeah, I've read the Bible. I know what it says. I know Jesus died. This isn't God. It's like, no, do you know God? Do you know His heart? Like when you, when you worship, when you sing the words up there, are you singing it? Are you saying, are you, are you meaning it? Is it coming out of your heart? Do you, do you know that God loves you? Do you know that He died, that Jesus died? Does it, does it sink into your heart, or is it just head knowledge? Um, and that, that scripture, come on, please, John 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is how you find life, by knowing Jesus. And I can tell you the, f- <laughs> the fact that I'm standing here today, um, it's amazing just knowing God. Because three years ago at this time, I was out getting drunk. I, was, I, didn't, I had no clue. I knew about God. It was awesome. I knew the Bible. I knew, but I didn't know Him. And I've got this amazing opportunity, this amazing short life ahead of me to get to know Him even more. And that's awesome. Um, and then secondly, the purpose is to be known by God. And that's the next uh, verses 1 Corinthians 8 verse 3 says, But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. You are one of them. You, you are his son. He adopted you. He took you out of slavery, out of, out of being an enemy. You are now a son of God. He knows you. But you've got to open your heart to him. You need to open your heart to God. You can't just go through life being hard-headed and hard-hearted. It's not going to work out the way you think. Um, I don't think you have the scripture common, but... In Matthew 7, verse, verse, there it is, yeah. <laughs> Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the one on that day saying, Lord, Lord, I did this, I planted churches, I paid my tithes, I did all of these things, I was nice to my neighbor, I loved my stepmom, I loved all of that. No. And God's going to say, but I never knew you. I didn't know your heart. God knows everything. He knows all of us. But like, yeah, are you intimate with God? Are you opening up to God? And um, yeah, I want to end with this. It is beyond words to have an intimate relationship with God. It's not something, I mean, we can try and we can, but you can't describe it. It's so amazing. And so the, the amount of life you get out of it, just, just know because God is life. That's the only way to find life.